1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the topropepress.com radio network. This should be played
2: at high volume, preferably in a residential area. has handed the universal championship to Kevin Owens. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, after a two-week layoff, we are back with you here on Top Rope Nation. My name is Ryan Drosty of TopRopePress.com, joined as always by my assistant, the master of the Texas Cloverleaf himself, Mr.
1: Kyle Ross. Kyle, how's your week going? It's going okay i'm playing a little hurt here i guess it wouldn't be a good wrestling podcast without a little blood uh so we got ready to start here i just i looked down on my foot i don't know what happened but i'm working at like point eight muda here with this foot man it's kind of <laughs> like i need a band-aid and I, I got nobody here i'm sitting here by myself so i'm just gonna have to kind of like weirdly position my foot i guess here for the next hour hopefully it doesn't uh there's no problems with that hopefully, hopefully we don't have to put you on the dl next week yeah yeah hopefully yeah <laughs>
2: This has been kind of a long week for us, you guys. We uh we had planned on putting on the show Wednesday night. We were going to record it, and it seemed like just things kept going wrong day after day, hour after hour. So, all right, I'm gonna rant a little bit here. Hey, we're Kyle. not
1: talking about the WWE booking either, by no, right. <laughs> no.
2: We're talking just life getting in the way. So, yeah, I sent out the tweet at Top Rope Press saying, you know. Ryan and Kyle, were recording Top Robe Nation tonight, if you have anything you want us to talk about. We had every intention of doing so, and then everything went to hell. So, here's my rant. So, I have kind of a bar in my basement. And so, I get home from work on Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, you know, this, there's a fridge in my bar, a mini fridge. And it's been growing just this massive amount of ice at the top, you know, how on the mini fridge, you've got like that little piece of metal that hangs down at the top, and it just collects ice over time. Kyle, yes. Well, I had, I mean, like an iceberg forming here. This, thing, this, we got like an inch and a half of ice hanging down. So much so, you could barely fit bottles in the fridge anymore. So I thought, hey, this is a good time for me to, you know, go ahead and thaw out the fridge or get the ice off of there because it was almost empty. I had just bought some stuff to fill the fridge. My wife's like, are you sure this is, you know, something you should be doing? I'm like, oh, yeah, this will just take a couple minutes. So I go down to the bar. I start chipping away at the ice. And what happens? Well, it's going really good for the first couple minutes and big blocks of ice breaking off. And then all of a sudden, I hear air coming out from the area that I was chipping, like underneath the metal of the freezer. I had punctured a line of, I believe, Freon. and I would have never guessed, maybe you knew this, Kyle, but I would have never guessed I that that flimsy, what's that? I said, I guarantee I don't know whatever you're about to film. <laughs> well, that flimsy piece of metal that just hangs down at the top of a mini fridge, apparently there is a line like embedded in this thin piece of metal. I would have never guessed that. So I was chipping the ice with a screwdriver and a hammer, and I punctured that line, which means, yeah, this the fridge is junk, right? <laughs> So I'm texting Kyle. I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to be able to record this tonight. I got to go get a new mini fridge. And I live in a college town, so I'm back to school right now. There's actually a lot of them on sale. So I'm like, oh, this won't be a problem. We'll get one for a good deal. The first person or uh, organization I'm putting on blast today on Top Rope Nation is Walmart. Not a big fan of Walmart, but hey, they had a good deal on mini fridges. So I go on there and and I find a mini fridge that... I knew you were going to say Walmart. Yep, it's Walmart all the way. I go on there. I go on their website because I have like a... It's in this under counter spot, right? I only have so much space to put a mini fridge in there. So uh, I go on walmart.com. They got the mini fridge. It has the dimensions. It says this thing is 17 and a half inches wide. I'm like, perfect. I got an 18 inch opening. Go to Walmart, buy the mini fridge, bring it downstairs by myself, put it together, walk over there. I'm sure you know where this is headed. Fridge does not fit. Turns out they have the wrong dimensions listed on the product, which might be important for anyone buying an appliance. (laughs) So this turned into a whole different deal where I had to um, pull out a piece of trim that was under my counter that was connected to the drywall. I actually unscrewed it all, took it out took a handsaw with my father and we cut off about an inch from this piece of trim on the end of my counter. Long story short, it now fits underneath, but it took up my entire night. So that is why we were not able to record this podcast until today, Saturday.
1: A lot more exciting than SmackDown you know, <laughs> as a listener. yeah. I mean, <laughs> that story was a lot better than anything they told there. So yeah, that was, that was good. It's funny. You should actually not feel too bad by me here in Cleveland uh, the the closest Walmart has actually been voted and th- there was like an article and it made I'm not just mit- like just making this up from bad experiences it it really was um cited in an article uh the worst Walmart in America oh my god if anyone has gone to the Steelyard Commons uh Walmart in uh, near downtown they they will um, the horror stories are are well renowned yes the the worst Walmart in America and it is it's really bad i mean i've literally just gotten out of line while I'm waiting before I just said, you know what, I'll go across to Target and get it. I don't care if it's more expensive. So are they like
2: the poster child for people of Walmart?
1: You see those types of customers? Oh yeah, it's there? it's like real, I mean, yeah, I mean, every awful stereotypical joke you could <laughs> think about Walmart, it's like tenfold at this place. It's, it's really bad. My wife actually wrote a nasty Yelp review about her experience there once and the manager, general manager, called her Like almost in tears saying, oh, I'm new at this store. I'm trying so hard. Please give me another chance. These people don't listen. They just all call off work. It's really horrible. Uh, So, (laughs) It's kind of funny. Well,
2: so Walmart, you're on blast. You're officially on my bad list. The second people that are on the not-so-nice list for Top Rope Press is Cage Side Seats. So just before (laughs) coming on the air today... I get a message. This isn't in my format sheet, Tony. (laughs) I like to keep things secret from my broadcast partner. Keep you on edge. So, cage side seats. Hey, I've never had anything bad to say about these people. I, I see the site. They've they've linked to our work before. Whatever, it's all good. Well, today I get a message from one of my writers, and turns out, cage side seats has lifted a feature idea. Straight from Top Rope Press, uh, something that Jack Snodgrass has been doing now for three or four months, the humorous fake WWE mailbag. Well, if you go on the Cage Side Seats Twitter, they're advertising a column that says the WWE mailbag that questions may be real, but we can't prove it or something like that. Anyways, it's the exact same thing Jack Snodgrass does. So if you search their archives, they've never done it before. We've been doing it for months. I got to tell you, what they publish is nowhere near as humorous as what Jack Snodgrass does over at Top Rope Press. But it was pretty clear to me where the idea came from. So that was disappointing. You know, I've, I've always strived for my site to have some journalistic integrity. I've tried to hire professional writers, people that don't plagiarize. Um, so, I mean, this isn't exactly plagiarism, but it's, it's clear where the idea came from.
1: It's clearly Cage Side Seats uh, version of the boss. Man, is he big? Remember that from like ninety three to when they brought the big boss man and it just called him the boss. And, oh yeah. And the big joke was, Man, he is big, you know. So Right. So yeah. I had a I had a little message on Twitter
2: about wow, where have I seen this before? And linked to like oh. three three of the columns that Mr. Snodgrass had written over at Top Rope Press. So that that's a little disappointing. Hopefully people seek out the OG, the original columns over at Top Rope Press and not the weak reincarnation at cage side seats so sorry cage side seats i've never had anything bad to say about you but today has changed that you're on the list oh i'm firing here all right so if we got your attention now hopefully this is a shoot this is a shoot vince russo style well not vince russo style i I think his shoots were usually because
1: then it will draw no money
2: that's true that's true (laughs) vince russo that's a whole different story yeah all
1: right. <laughs> I better not go down that and road no or we'll never understand. get anything. I think people understand what you said. If it was a Vince Russo shoot, like it would just be people looking at each other like like there would be three people saying, oh, I get that. And then like everyone else just confused. <laughs> well, I just I said it because what
2: always pops in my head is the whole Hulk Hogan thing at Bash at the Beach. And was that, that really was the a only shoot, one I liked? Or, yeah, that was, that was the only one I actually liked that he did. The guy was obsessed with shoots, but that, that was pretty interesting. I gotta admit we talked about that a lot at the time.
1: Yeah, it was kind of maybe the last interesting thing they ever did before shutting down. Yeah.
2: So anyways, um, we would have had quite a bit to talk about from SummerSlam last week had we done a show. But like we said, we've been off the air for a while. Uh, I think both Kyle and I were kind of disappointed in the overall quality of the show. We'll probably get to that later on. But what we saw in the fallout, obviously everyone knows now we've got Kevin Owens winning the title Monday night. um, The vacant universal title after the injury to Finn Balor. Kyle, what did you think of the finish of Raw? Because I know we're going to have plenty to say about this. I mean, where do you think they're headed with the characters that were involved in that fatal four way? I mean, what did you think of Triple H's involvement in the show? Well, I mean, there's a lot there.
1: Uh, First, I guess I'll echo the same dichotomy that I think a lot of the smart people have been saying throughout the week. Um, One, Kevin Owens was absolutely the right person to go over. I was not as surprised. As somewhere that he did go over, I had posted something on the website um, a few days earlier. Uh, Meltzer had lit, laid out what the creative direction was um, for Raw uh, if Balor had stayed healthy, and it included Kevin Owens as his first challenger. So. You know, looking at the four guys, big cast clearly isn't ready. You know, some people are like, whoa, they shot Diesel to the moon. Well, you know, Diesel sucked as champion. So, you, <laughs> you know, you don't want to copy yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not something worth copying. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I guess copying is, is a big issue here in the first 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> um, Reigns, for better or worse, people just aren't ready to accept that. And then Rollins, we mentioned this in our SummerSlam preview, in his role at the time, obviously now it looks like he's turning babyface. That just was kind of an unappealing option. A heel, Seth Rollins is champion. So I wasn't shocked that Kevin Owens did win. Um, My only concern was, and this is something that we've talked about a lot of guys. I think we talked about with Ziggler in great detail when they just, you know, kind of put him as the number one SmackDown contender out of nowhere is given how he'd been positioned on the card. You know, how would the fans take to Kevin Owens kind of out of nowhere winning the title? Well, the Triple H thing, I think, made sure that it's going to work you know it's not going to just kind of look like oh what, what the hell where'd this come from you know all oh, this mid carter all of a sudden just won the title like i think that worked you know being aligned with triple h is a can be a positive i should say but but there's a but yeah tell me the but uh, yeah i mean people right away caught on this the way it was executed was not ideal I agree. It was basically Triple H beating two people with the pedigree and handing Kevin Owens the title. I had tweeted to someone. I can't remember who. It was the like the first person on my feed when it was going on who pointed out, wow, Triple H just pinned two guys with the pedigree. I was like, you know, if they would have just done something subtle, like have Owens when he was in the corner, like smile at Triple H, basically alluding to the fact that he was in on it. That would have been so much better. Yeah. But it was basically Triple H pedigreeing people and of course they had this was after they had done like kicking out of each other's finishers but of course the almighty pedigree you know finishes everyone off of course (laughs) yeah um you know it was basically triple h just hand saying oh i want kevin owens to be the champion now um and he's the champion so we've seen this role before and it wasn't great for randy orton in 2013 it was a little better for seth rollins just because he was newer last year so I would hope that they're aware of kind of the past mistakes they've done when the authority figures the star and the champion isn't and they rectify that moving forward.
2: I agree. I think that um, there's potential moving forward. I mean, certainly you can't really write this off yet as something that's not going to work because I am intrigued to say where they go with it. But oh, yeah, definitely
1: worked as getting interest. I'll say that.
2: Yeah, it was great TV. I don't want to... You know, people are going to say, oh, these guys are being the stereotypical wrestling fans. They're complaining when it was such a great show and all this stuff. It was It was great TV, but I also thought that, like, Triple H came out as the top guy. I mean, like, you know, Triple H is the universal champion. Essentially, he he's the guy that finished off the last two people. I mean, Owens didn't even hit his finish to win the title, right? He just crawls over after the pedigree, gets the pin. So...
1: While yeah. looking in awe at Triple
2: H, yeah, he looked like he looked like a fan looking up at him, like, oh, it's like, yes, happened?
1: Triple H wants me to win. This yeah. is so great.
2: <laughs> so I was, yeah, I thought, yeah, the the Triple H thing is intriguing. Um, I I probably would have went about it a little bit different, but yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm still intrigued to see where this is going, and I'm I'm looking forward to t- tuning into Raw Monday night. But I think, I mean, do you think Rollins is going face now? Finally, after them realizing that people are dying to cheer the guy, because when I first watched it, I thought Rollins is definitely turning face. That's what I thought. But now I'm not so sure.
1: No, I I think he would. I don't know what else they would do with him if he didn't, because clearly um, there's conflict between Triple H and Rollins, so they can't be on the same side of the face heel ledger. And I, I just don't see although they were cheered i don't see triple h and owens being baby faces that's I think, what i was getting at because he got I, a lot of cheers yeah, live I mean, triple, I mean it's funny triple h man he really knows how, how to i don't he's a smart guy ryan he really is and he's got to know that when he does stuff like this it's going to make him out to be the baby face when he's supposed to be a heel right I agree. and i mean he, this isn't the first time he's done this remember like when he would like he, in the build to wrestlemania he did it a lot to roman reigns and i mean you know roman reigns has his issues but the way triple h portrayed himself did it reigns no favors in the build of that match i mean the royal rumble thing was really horrible and counterproductive i thought if you want to go back to that yeah but owens is the one who to me is so good as a heel i know that a certain segment of the audience will cheer him. And I actually thought it was kind of dumb to chant, you deserve it, Adam. I mean, hats off to him. I'm a big fan of his work in that regard, and he does deserve it. But it was just kind of like so weird how the audience was so detached from the narrative itself was, well, this guy just cheated to win the title and everyone's chanting, you deserve it. That is not something uh, we would have heard from an audience, you know, 10, 15, certainly 20 years ago. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think uh yeah, Triple H, I agree like building up to WrestleMania it was really weird because he was supposed to be the heel but he was working total face the whole time and then Reigns started to kind of work heel. And I, I remember at the time it kind of made me think um you know, cuz there's always all of these stories about how, you know, everyone wants Reigns to be the top guy. We've been hearing it for months and months. Was that a sign that, you know, maybe that's just Vince that wants that and Triple H was sabotaging the whole thing? I mean, there's all these conspiracy theories out there like Triple H is trying to bury Reigns here actually by, you know, turning away all his heat and making him the heel. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I guess I'm I'm looking forward to it like I said, but there there was all kinds of issues with it and yeah, the crowd reaction was certainly interesting. I mean, I was texting people during the show and my friends and they're like, Oh, who do you want to win? Like, uh, for sure. I want Kevin Owens to win. I mean, Rollins made sense, but he's had his run with the title. You know, we got the new brand split. It's time to do something interesting. Get people talking. Owens would make sense. I didn't know how they would do it. I, I did not see the triple H run no, coming I, at all. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that was good. Never regard. But to answer your question, I, I think Rollins, it's funny though. If he does go face, like I think, and again, you don't want to be nitpicking Nancy and tip stereotypical complaining wrestling fan. But you have to wonder, did they miss their window on that? Yeah, that was my and, next point, actually, yeah, because yeah, I mean, he, he belongs. I mean, you wrote the article, I remember. Uh, right away, as soon as he came back and you were absolutely right that he should have been brought back as a baby face. A lot of people have made that point, quite frankly, Um And the way he's been portrayed those since then, they really fought the audience on it and had him go back to that Weasley heel character. And now you have to wonder, it's like, well, does the audience really have a reason to cheer him except for the fact that he got screwed by triple H, which was something that the audience kind of liked anyway.
2: Yeah, and well, there's the issue too about Balor getting injured, and there's a lot of people complaining online about you know Rollins is he unsafe in the ring? Why is he still doing the, the the uh, blind power bomb like into the turnbuckles, into the outside barrier? Um, will that take away from the cheers he might get from the smart fans? Uh, yeah, I think they, I think people will get behind him if he goes face, but I think they definitely have lost quite a bit of steam with it. I mean, when he first came back from that injury. He was getting pops like nobody has got in a decade. You know, they've been pushing reins down people's throat now for over a year, and he's never got a reaction like Rollins got when he came back, ever. And, the na- yeah, the natural move is Rollins' a baby face, and they turned him heel, so they already switch him back relatively quickly here. I, it's not going to be what it could have been a few months ago,
1: for sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, again, the way they did it, here's the problem. He's not going to win the title. I don't think. So it's kind of a weak baby face turn in the sense that he was outsmarted by the heels. A he's probably not going to get revenge anytime soon. B so eh, it's not a guy who you're going to get real fired up as opposed to when he came back and people were just excited to see him. And it was just right there on the table for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he uh, was it, the he was the face they've been trying
2: they've been trying to have a top face now forever, and he it was right there in front of them. They blew it. Yeah, yeah
1: I mean, I, I've always said this, you know, it's the hardest thing to do in wrestling to get super over as a baby face. So I've never understood why WWE fights its audience on that. Like to me, if somebody's really over, you've got to roll with it, yeah. even if it's something like you're like, yeah, hey, maybe I don't believe this guy. Just go for it short term and see where it goes. Because, man, I mean, you need I mean, this is a baby face promotion throughout its history and they're pretty weak on that side right now. I mean, the, on Raw, I mean, obviously, Reigns is the guy they want to be on that, but that's not worked. Mm-hmm. So. um, And I, and the other interesting thing now is you have Reigns and Rollins potentially both as baby faces, the former Shield guys. Partnership possible. I would absolutely not do that right away. <laughs> I wouldn't. But, <laughs> but but I would build to that. Yeah. Uh for survivors, I actually had an idea. I'm going to probably write about this. I have a feeling at uh, toprogress.com that my idea if you ask like long-term creative direction where this would go, where you could uh, a, a money match if you will out of this situation. Um I would have the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunite at Survivor Series. I know Ambrose is SmackDown, but, you know, we've seen this as kind of a soft brand split anyway. And Survivor Series is a dual brand show. I would do a S.H.I.E.L.D. reuniting against Triple H, Owens, and Jericho. Because I actually don't want to see Owens and Jericho just thrown to the wayside now. Although that's um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, is an elimination just a three on three elimination match is my idea to build if you want to build the something
2: i like that idea i think clearly they're going towards um triple h and rollins at mania which was their plan last year before yes. rollins injury um so yeah we're gonna have something like that along the road it's just are they gonna be patient enough to wait for a, a big show like survivor series you know or are they gonna They're going to do it earlier because they they typically, you know, in the old days when they would script out months and months of storylines, they might hold it off till November. But right now, I'm not sure they'll hold it off for two months. You might see
1: like Owens and Triple H taking on Rollins and Reigns sooner. Um, Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that going place sooner. But at least I mean, because, you know, you've got Ambrose on the other brand, the earliest they could do a shield thing would be Survivor Series. And I I think, you know. The shield. It's really interesting now when you look at it, where these three guys are individually, since the time of the breakup. I don't know if it's been great. They broke up way too soon. I'll leave oh, yeah. that. Like, yeah. you know, Dave Batista made the point in an interview. I can't remember if I brought this up actually in the last show. Um, I forget things all the time. I apologize, but he said you know, we put these guys, you know, we meaning evolution, we put these guys over super strong on two shows in a row. They were at the, they were the most over they've ever been. And then they broke them up. And it was funny because, and this is a big reason why I think Reigns has failed to connect. He never, we didn't know anything about Reigns, the individual before that breakup, really. And an argument could be made the same was true with Rollins. You know, the only guy who kind of had shown any individual character was Ambrose actually during the shield. Mm-hmm. The other two guys, I mean, they, it was very successful together, but, um, you know, I, it just, it's kind of three guys who to me were more over actually together than they have been apart. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I think a the shield reuniting, as much as you've kind of then got to forget recent history and the feuding that they've done and the things they've said about each other. I just think that there's intrigue there. It's interesting
2: because yeah, during the like the heyday of the shield during their brief run, I think most people that I would you know read online, they were, they were all saying Ambrose was the star of the group um, because like you said, he was the guy that really had a character developing and they and, gave him
1: US title, didn't they? If
2: yeah. I remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny now because, you know, if I'm fantasy drafting those three, I'm taking Rollins in the first round. I'm, you know, unpopular opinion here. I'm taking Reigns in the second round and I'm taking Ambrose third. And if you would have told me a couple years ago, I, I would have thought even that Ambrose was
1: probably the star of the group. But it just really hasn't turned out that way. Yeah, because just because he seemed like not a WWE guy. But, you know, he's kind of faded into that. and And, you know, I mean. Hats off to him. Be trying as the champion, and we'll get to SmackDown in a little bit. But you know the the whole deal with Lesnar at WrestleMania obviously did him no favors, because he was. It's pretty funny if you look back. I mean, what is it? It's September now. Six months ago, the guy was really over when he was feuding with Triple H, oh, kind yeah. of as the placeholder for Reigns. He was really over. So it, it's interesting that he finally won the title and is probably less over now than he was six months ago. I went to a house show. Uh, I think
2: it was in March, so yeah, about almost exactly six months ago. And he by far got the the best reaction on the show. And from what I read at, at the shows lately, that's not really the case. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's all his fault. I think he's, his booking has been subpar. Yeah. And, and his his uh, title run here on SmackDown, yeah, has
1: been has left a lot to be desired. So, it's the short sighted booking. Again, you meant, you know, we kind of talk about. I mean, again, you, with the Owens thing, you have to give him a little bit of a mulligan because obviously the Balor injury just blew up everything. I mean, it's kind of tough. I mean, you can't then just go back and look at everything you've done. I mean, you've, you've do, you you've got to do you've got to do something big to keep interest going. I mean, so I mean if they, you know, maybe go against some of the stuff that they've done in storyline in recent months, that's okay. But the issue with Ambrose is you kill the guy at WrestleMania and then you expect people to really be into him as champion. Yeah. That just doesn't, that that just, that shows that's reflective of a lack of long-term planning. And again, you had the issue that Vince all of a sudden wanted to do the brand split. So they needed to find a way, you know, to come up with two different ways for champions on the two brands. And then you had the rain suspension. So, okay, I guess again, but I don't know. It just, it's unbelievable. The lack of long-term planning in the company, you think it would be, a little bit better. It's not hard because, I mean, you look at NXT and Granite, it's not maybe not apples to apples with the Raw and SmackDown, but the long-term planning there is fantastic.
2: Yeah, I think some of the issue there is that they're building slow, like old school to shows only every quarter, whereas WWE, they hotshot yeah. everything because they've got these big shows coming up you know, every four weeks, although that is about to change now that we're going to have some brand
1: exclusive pay-per-views. So we'll see if we get more of the I don't Slow think bells, you need though. the hot shot, though. No, I, I really don't. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they it'd be one thing if like the hot shotting kind of worked, but it, it rarely does. Mm-hmm. It seems so. I, I don't know. To me, you, you know, and I've never, you know, I mean, how's my territory coming? I guess not very well. But, <laughs> um, you know, the way I would do it is it's like, OK, what's the next major? So in the case of the main, you know, when you're talking Raw and Smackdown, you got to already look at what you're going to do for Survivor series. And then you look at where you're at right now and you book backwards almost. You're like, okay, this is where we want to be for Survivor Series. These are the three or four main matches. This is going to be the main SmackDown match. It's going to be the main Raw match. We'll do an inner brand match. That's what we're going to do. Now we book backwards.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like when you're in college and you got to write a paper or a thesis or something. And so you come up with your thesis statement and then you fill in the blanks on how to get there, right? You do your research, you take your notes on your note cards, you put them all together and you come up with that end game, the paper in the end. So if they're moving towards a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion at Survivor Series, which I actually I love that idea, Kyle. I think that's a great idea because, you know, it's a joint show. So they could talk about how they got Ambrose coming in because they're going to see him there. They're going to be in the same building, and you could have Reigns and Rollins. Uh, the logistics make sense for them to do a, a Shield reunion. So yeah, if they're doing that, and that's the end game, like you're saying, how do you get there? So then you
1: start piecing the shows together to get up to that point. So and, and plus, and we'll when we get to SmackDown in a little bit, well, I don't think Ambrose will be the champion either at that point of SmackDown. So it kind of gives him something. You're like, okay, well the guy's not gonna be champion anymore. How do you keep him relevant? Well, I think that does, you know, an effective job in the interim, even though the fact that he's kind of, you know, the lone wolf on SmackDown mm-hmm. by himself. So yeah. 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 I mean
2: Yeah. If I'm if I'm filling in the blanks personally, if I'm booking this, we do a lot of fantasy booking on this show, it seems. Uh I would do the uh yeah, the tag team match we talked about soon because Triple H is clearly in ring shape. People have been talking about he's been training lately. There was rumors he was gonna wrestle at SummerSlam for a while. I mean, he could do a match here soon, so you could do that, the Triple H and Owens versus Reigns and Rollins, and then you just do some screw job finish, you have Jericho come out and interfere, and boom, that's how you get to Ambrose coming in at Survivor Series and being the third partner to even things up, and I think people would be amped for that to see a Shield reunion. People have been talking about it for a while, so.
1: There's something that just crossed my mind. So when I had written, I think, the next day, about owens i just kind of did a, a thing i just posted the video and some of the, of the title win and some thoughts i and i i reinforced the fact that I, I you know that owens was the right guy to go over because you've got all these potential contenders now obviously rollins has the issue from getting screwed same with reigns but you know another guy and, and balor down the line when he comes back obviously that's a match too but, you know, a guy who could really benefit by this that not a lot of people are talking about Sammy, Zane. Sammy Zane, yes, yeah. because so you did that big blow off match at Battleground and then they stayed on the same brand, which caught everyone by surprise. You're like, well, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep these guys apart now like that. Just it didn't make a lot of sense. Well, now with Owens having won the title. You've really got a reason to do that match again. Oh, yeah. I, I love actu- that. Yeah, I actually think so raw gets hell in the cell i believe yeah in october yes yes because smackdown gets no mercy so yeah i would do that you know it's too soon now to do for clash of the champions which is their first pay-per-view and by the way i hope they announce the main event of that show on monday i hope they don't like wait till the smackdown pay-per-view is over and then like do it. they got into that really annoying habit of doing that uh in the first brand split and that just what i I just don't understand that to me you always announce your main event as soon as possible i mean who cares or hyping two main events for two shows that's good Mm -hmm. Uh, but for i think if you did owen zane hell in a cell that's another thing you can do um and you can have zane probably come out and cut a heck of a promo talking about you know he won this match he thought he was done forever with kevin owens yada 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 I thought it was on to bigger and better things. And here I am, I'm not doing anything. And I look up and Kevin Owens is, um, the, is the new universal champion and how it makes him sick. And he can like, you know, I beat you, Kevin Owens. I deserve a match. And you can have Owens say, ah, screw you. I don't want to wrestle you. And you can go a lot of places. Hell, I would even, um, you know, I mean, shameless person I am with Owen's son being in the news and, uh, <laughs> Zane being, and Owens being real life friends, I would, you know, talk about, you know, Zayn saying something about, he, you know, he saw Owens' son and his reaction to how that made him feel, um, you know, as Owens' former friend. And then he looks at Owens and he's just, I mean, you could do a lot of stuff with that.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you told people a year ago you're going to get Owens and Zayn for a world title on a major main roster pay-per-view, people would have loved it. I love it. I think it's perfect. It makes up for the fact that they completely misused um Sami Zayn going into SummerSlam. I mean, the guy had just had a match of the year candidate the month before, and he's on the pre-show at SummerSlam. So, yeah, throw him into the world title mix,
1: get him going again. I like it. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, match quality has never been as much as us on the Internet wishes it was. It's never been a real draw. To be honest with you, I mean, even if you go back to, I mean, like Flair Steamboat, right, is like the most heralded thing ever. I mean, it got, you know, no offense. I mean, I love all of those matches. I mean, I even love the one that, you know, you have to search a little harder to find at the Capital Center in Maryland. But, you know, it got kind of its ass kicked at the box office by Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage.
2: Yeah. Well, Zane, though, I mean, he's a guy that's, I mean, it's gotten less because of his booking, but he's still really over
1: with the crowd. I mean, he's one of their top merchandise sellers. Yeah, so. and my point was, is there's a storyline there, though. It's not like you're just, oh, well, these guys had this good match. And they're going to do it again. And, and so like, there's a really good story to be told. And because of, you know, they've been feuding, I think, uh, you know, hell in a cell would be perfect. Because, you know, part of the issue, Ryan, I don't know how you feel about this with having hell in a cell as a designated pay-per-view is you've kind of got to time it to make sure that there's a feud worthy of that. They used to not do that. They used to actually just bring the gimmick out when the time was right. But now it's kind of like, well, it's October. You know what that means? It's time for two guys to get in hell in a cell for, you know, no reason other than the fact that that's the name of the pay-per-view. Yeah, And yeah. this is our main event. That one I think fits hell in a cell because it's like, um, you know, it, it just because of the history.
2: Yeah, I agree. So let's see. Hell in a Cell is on October 30th. So we've got
1: Clash of the Champions to get through before that. What so, would you do? Yeah, What would you I mean, again, that's only what by the time Raw's on, that's three weeks to Clash of the Champions. Yeah. What would you do for that show? Would you just do Owens Rollins? Because that just seems natural right now.
2: You know, if 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 they go Rollins babyface, I probably wouldn't do it because he's not going to win that match. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and- I
1: know that's the issue. I mean, yeah, and that's that's going to kill his babyface run out of the gate. Yeah. Um, Unless I- if you have the Jericho interference, and then you kind of like keep Rollins out of the picture by feuding with Jericho, mm-hmm. who will put him over, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I, yeah, it's definitely, you think it
2: would involve someone that was in that main event. I don't think Cass is getting in the in the main event title picture yeah. one-on-one. So Reigns, uh, are they going to want to beat Reigns again that soon? Uh, everyone's going to cheer Owens if they want Owens to be a heel for in his first big title defense. Yeah, again,
1: that's counterproductive.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. You're almost pigeonholed
1: that you have to do the Rollins match. Yeah, I mean, especially with three weeks. I mean, I I just don't know what else you could do. I mean, I I just think, you know, I I think you could, with that going back to that Zane thing, you could tease it even before. You know, I would just have all these guys kind of come out, maybe stake their claim. No, no, I don't want them to do then just do like some lame triple threat match where the one guy wins and then like it makes the other two guys seem like, well, whatever they go on to do is less important. Mm -hmm. But, um, Yeah, I just think that that's the easiest way when you've got this show in three weeks and your plans have been kind of, you know, thrown up in the air as they have been. Now, I don't know what the original plan was for Rollins um, before the Balor injury, because, you know, him and Reigns were going to be kept kind of out of the title picture. They, you know, Meltzer said that not only was it going to be Balor versus Owens at Clash of the Champions, but that the Hell in the Cell would be Balor versus Owens and Jericho in a triple threat. So I don't know what the original plans were for Rollins and Reigns and how close they'll stick to whatever they were.
2: Well, it seems like Rollins has kind of been lost in the shuffle of late. He lost a lot of steam in his comeback, and it makes me think of that other S.H.I.E.L.D. member, Dean Ambrose, and his mm-hmm. lackluster title run recently. Uh, what do you think about the SmackDown title picture? So we, I think Raw was a pretty decent show overall.
1: SmackDown... And- but I, I'll say this: I, I actually, I, I was, I've been thinking about this, interjecting it, and then we've just like brought up all these like good issues, and so my brain goes off in another direction. I thought, other than the universal title match and the fall, I thought WWE TV kind of sucked this week. Overall, well, I thought actually, like, I had kind of like I was like falling asleep during that raw before yeah. that match. I, I was pleasantly surprised about the rating. I know you cover that. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it shows that if you hype a big match, people will care. You know, not just like some throwaway thing. I mean, it, you know, the third hour really told the story that they had something there. But SmackDown, I, I said it in my review, I thought it was the weakest show since the brand split. It wasn't a bad show. I don't think they did anything wrong, per se. But there just wasn't a lot to sink your teeth into. And some of the stuff they did was just stuff you didn't want to see. And it was with people you didn't want to see like yeah. The, head bangers.
2: the Yeah, the headbangers are back for one week. Yeah, you
1: know, like I just don't understand the point of that, really. I mean,
2: yeah, we talked about it off the air a little bit. I mean, in 1997, the headbangers weren't over. <laughs> so, yeah. we're bringing them back almost yeah. 20 years later in this tournament. I mean, who could possibly care about the
1: return? Of the- I don't want to be. Some, yeah, they did some half-hearted video, like, oh, one of the more popular acts of the Attitude Era, which, as you noted, is a lie. And, the, you know, they showed the video. It's like, oh, OK, it's these guys. And then they just, like, they just lost in the most nondescript match ever. And if, like, that's, I mean, God bless them. I think one of them tweeted, oh, you know, my kid's going to finally get to see me work on WWE TV. And, you know, that, that's off to you. That's probably going to mean something for you in your personal life. But I mean, Jesus, like it was just I don't know what else. I mean, you needed to find another team. And I guess they were just like, oh, look, here's this attitude era team that we're going to bring back. And then they did the job as they should have. But it just it seems so needless, really.
2: Well, it it doesn't
1: do much to help the stigma of SmackDown being the B show. already. Yeah, Yeah, it just it just felt like they had to, like, get some jobber team from a bygone era to lose a match because they needed someone to lose a match.
2: And you're right. Yeah. And they're wrestling. Heath Slater and Rhino, which not a big
1: fan of that team either. I'm not either. I want to talk about that, but you did ask about Ambrose. And so uh, I want to double back to that. Yeah. I guess the big question with SmackDown now is, do you just put the title on AJ Styles at backlash? And my answer unequivocally, I think I wrote this on the site is yes, yes, yes. For sure. Um, Somebody, one of the commenters had put, Oh, maybe you drag it out. I don't think he should win right away. He talked about something like a long, long, and I don't think you build to a heel winning. You know, like, I mean, like with Raw and you've got like, you know, I think a lot of people just kind of want to see Becky beat Charlotte. And there's an argument to be made for that. But, you know, with Becky being the baby face and you have just changed the title twice, you know, maybe you do do kind of a screw job finish at the September pay-per-view and then you change it in October. But with a heel, I don't think you want to build to a heel going over. You know, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. People want to. And again, this kind of speaks to the disconnect between the audience and the narrative. But I think people just kind of want to see AJ Styles in that top spot right now. He's certainly earned it. He's the top guy in the company this year, in yeah. my opinion. I and think. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it, no, I just think that, you know, it, it, to be honest with you, if he beat Dean Ambrose clean. I wouldn't care, really.
2: Uh, yeah, I feel like you have to put it on him. I mean, to have him beat Cena clean. They clearly want to do something with him. He's already kind of been cemented now as a main eventer by, by that uh, SummerSlam match. So, yeah, I don't see how you hold it off. I can't I can't think of any examples in the history of the business where you had a heel chasing, you know, for a payoff. They they know that, like, the hardcore fans love AJ Styles, and they want to see that. He's always
1: going to get a mixed reaction. And, uh, and if you want to come back with Styles and Ambrose at no mercy you can do that is just a rematch you know ambrose basically says, well i want my rematch and that's fine i mean i don't think that's necessarily that's not uh you know i think it's better than the other way of it you know you not putting it on styles right away because in the end everyone's just going to know them that Styles is going to win it at no mercy i think you do the switch right off the bat and just and just do a rematch then in october interesting is aj styles was originally planned to be the first smackdown champion too people Mm -hmm. need to uh, remember that I written about that in the, um, the plans that have been thrown awry. I think it was that same article um, that I referenced earlier with the um, Balor Owens plans, you know, the stuff that Meltzer reported on, you know, they they had, they were gonna have styles beat Cena for the first SmackDown title. SmackDown was the one actually that was going to have to create the new championship originally. But, you know, when you go all the way back to the rain suspension, that threw everything in the air and, um, so you you basically have a reset and you're where you want it to be anyway if you have Styles beat Ambrose.
2: Yeah. Yeah, would you uh, would you turn Ambrose heel? Do you think that would give him kind of a, a shot in the arm and make AJ face? Because that's something I've been thinking about.
1: Like do a double turn? At yeah. One of this, um, I don't know. It's because just... I mean, if they're going to do the shield reunion, you would it would make it. sense. I but... see why you would do it, but it just seems like they have AJ so ingrained with that heel character. He's really hitting his stride. He's doing it well, even though people still like him because of how good he is. And I still think that they're building toward Cena coming back to get revenge against him because they're having AJ wearing the, the you know, the armband around his head and stuff. There's clear they're clearly teasing some heat. For that. And Cena, what he's what? He's one shy of tying Flair or is he tied Flair and he's one shy way of breaking Flair? Uh, right? He's one one shy of tying him. Okay. Yeah. I think that is a storyline hook that they should go with. I know I don't know what st- Cena's schedule is gonna be, but if you can get him back for a major show, for instance, Survivor series. Um, You know, that's maybe the match I would build to. I would establish Styles as a really strong heel champion and have seen a return to challenge him. So I guess my answer to your question would actually be no, in all due respect.
2: I uh, I'm not as big of a fan of... The Styles character as you are of late with with the scene he- ahead, the headband. And oh, I don't know if like, yeah, I mean, that stuff. I don't know if I like that much. It's a little goofy for me. I'm I'm used to seeing like the heel AJ Bullet Club heel. And this is like a little bit too WWE heel goofy for me personally. I think I think he can, you know, AJ can be more of a badass heel than a goofy heel.
1: Yeah. And I mean, by the way, <laughs> again, Who's the one badass heel in the history of this, at least in the recent history of this company? The, the best it, one. Yeah, 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 by, yeah. And by recent, I guess, I mean the 2000s. Who's the most successful heel that they've had? It's Triple H, right? Every yeah. other heel who they portray as weak and cowardly doesn't get over as much. Gee, <laughs> how shocking. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah, I, I would absolutely love to see him kind of ditch the goofiness and just kind of like come out and present it more in that sort of. I don't know what this even means, but that just with that championship presentation where he's just got that air that he's better than everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I I agree with that, that he should be more serious, but um, I don't know. He's done a pretty good job as a heel. I didn't know how good he would do, but I think he's been pretty effective.
2: Well, I think it just shows how great he is overall, because if you watched him on the Austin podcast, you know, a few weeks back, he talked about, you know, he was willing to do anything to get to the top of WWE, kind of come out of his shell a little bit and, like, he's totally playing a WWE heel character right now. And he's he's doing a good job at it, whether or not I'm a fan of, you know, how it's been written. And, yeah, I've never, if you watched AJ Styles in New Japan, you watched him in TNA, uh, it just shows, like, how dynamic of a character he is, that he's able to play all these different styles. So, that it's been intriguing for me to watch in that
1: regard, that, um, you know, he can do pretty much anything you ask of the guy. You know, it's funny, you mentioned a few minutes ago... Who would have ever thought that there was the potential on pay per view for a Kevin Owens Sami Zayn world title match? Who would have ever thought, you know, three four months ago that there's a strong potential that the two world champions, the company, could be Kevin Owens and AJ Styles? Right. And, I, 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 and let, let's be honest, they will be probably Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, you can't have any smart tears being shed. <laughs> Those are your yeah, two world yeah, champions. Yeah. While well, the pre, I mean the presentation. You know, always could use a little work, I think. But, you know, still, wow. I mean, that's, you know, I, I feel that someone should tweet out that picture of Vince. You know, I'm a good listener. You know, so. <laughs>
2: Well, that brings up an interesting point because it's like, well, are they forced
1: into that? You know, is it something Vince actually wanted, or was he forced <laughs> yeah, into yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Yes, was I? Yes, am I a good listener, or do I just have no other options and I'm just begrudgingly going aw- along with what everyone tells me? So,
2: right. And I, I, you know, once this program Styles has with Ambrose is over, I'm not sure where you go with Ambrose, just because yeah, the, the wow, roster they, is so limited.
1: They are shy at the top, man. And something else I wrote about this so obviously you've been following this Daniel Bryan Miz thing that's another big thing that's happened since we've been last on the air Yeah, that to me was going into Smackdown by far the most interesting thing and they really just didn't do anything with it at all now Miz maybe could it seems a little more over than he was before so if you get him over with that again that's another heel I mean you talk about weak on the babyface side Ooh boy I mean, this SmackDown, I don't know who you have potentially. You're right, because Cena's not going to be around regularly, and if you beat Ambrose, I don't know who beyond a Cena comeback you have for AJ Styles.
2: Yeah, that's, that's why I asked you about the double switch, because I had heard a couple months ago that, yeah, they wanted AJ to be the top baby face on SmackDown because he was such a good merchandise seller.
1: Mm. Well, but I don't know if that has been scrapped. I haven't heard anything lately. The only interesting thing is, is they just don't have a lot of top guys on SmackDown, really, on either side. No. You know, I mean, like, okay, if you turn AJ babyface, like, well, who's he going to work with then? I mean, I guess he could work with Miz. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, that's going to run dry. And, I mean, you know, maybe this thing with, you know, maybe they, I don't know, let Miz cut good promos or something like that. And he gets a little more over. But, you know, they just don't have a lot of horses on that show. No, they, they, they need, you know, I, I would imagine that, you know, looking way beyond like past Survivor Series that somebody's got to get called up. Oh, yeah. NXT sure. And put on that show because they just don't have a lot. I mean, you, you got Ziggler and Wyatt who have been beaten a lot. Um, Randy Orton, I'm pleasantly surprised how he's come out of that SummerSlam mess. I mean, he was pretty over when he came out on SmackDown. I was like, wow. I mean, you know, not a lot of people probably still get that reaction, um, you know, after taking a loss like the one he did. Oh, and that's, he's a guy. Th- there's your guy that Styles would work with as a heel, it's Randy Orton. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know if that's appealing to a lot of people. I don't know if that's appealing to you, but I remember, um, Orton said something in an interview before he came back. He had teased that he would be working with Styles in the fall. So, uh, that's probably a, a program moving forward.
2: I just think Orton is, is such an awkward face. I mean, Orton's so much
1: better as a heel personally. Yeah, well, I think it's because of all the stories of him not really being like a nice guy. <laughs> Are you like, talking you know, about the duffel like, bags? Yeah. Yeah. The duffel bags <laughs> and you know, the, you can look it up on Wikipedia yeah, listeners, yeah, Amy Weber's purse or whatever that was, or <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just that, that is true. with I don't know. I, I feel like a lot. He, he is still popular, though. You're right. He is kind of awkward as a face. But, man, people still kind of seem to like him. I mean, he's got the RKO. Um, well, he's it, a bona fide star in a show that doesn't have a lot of stars. So, I mean, he's going to get a good reaction. That's true, yeah. I mean, he's kind of a made guy. It's funny that people, you know, some people kvetch, and I've heard and it's it's a valid point that, you know, I wonder how over some guys would be if they got the same kind of protection that orton did. orton's one of the few guys who gets protected Mm -hmm. but in the booking uh so he should be over and i I don't know if he maybe even should be over a little bit more but yeah clearly when you look at um what smackdown has i would expect him to be in the tunnel picture uh i don't know when because i don't want to see him just beat bray wyatt right away because then i don't know what the hell you do with bray wyatt
2: Bray, Bray Wyatt is, oh my God, we could do a whole show on Bray Wyatt and the wasted potential turn, there. I think he needs to turn babyface. Yeah. Oh, well, um, they, they need him. and He would make sense. It would yeah, his invigorate heel him a little bit. It's plateaued. It yeah. Just,
1: he, 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 everyone knows Bray Wyatt is the guy on the heel side that will take on a top babyface and lose. Ultimately, he's lost every program I think he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, except the New Day, which was like an odd thing to do uh so yeah i i would expect orton to be in that mix too i would actually do an if you did turn wyatt face i had thought of this before you you want to go deep into fantasy booking <laughs> i would have him feud with Miz and do an angle where Miz shaves off his beard oh my god i never even thought of that
0: <laughs> i was uh, did you
1: thought maybe think of this you, you'll you, i think you'll laugh at this i i had this thought so i was sitting around with some buddies one time and like my one buddy was a complaining how his wife like made him shave off his beard mm-hmm. and I thought to myself like everyone's like that's bull you know that's that's bs man that's crap you know and I just feel like when you don't shave another man's beard off is kind of where I was going with that I don't <laughs> I could be wrong yeah I wasn't sober at the time when we were having that conversation but it, it just seemed like a good it just seemed like a good idea at the time to me that like and I was like what weasley guy could shave off Bray Wyatt's beard you know this is I'm like sitting around with my buddies and like on the couch, into my head, I'm like, oh, okay, my buddy's had to shave his beard off. I'm like, who is, who's a wrestler with a beard? <laughs> oh, Bray Wyatt, yes. Okay, <laughs> who would I have shave off Bray Wyatt's beard? Yes. <laughs> Has to be The Miz. Has yeah, to be. yeah, yeah. Especially I just, on that show. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, just, I think that's something they might do, or could do. It would amuse me, at least. I'd watch. And I have to review the show, too, so there you go. <laughs> well, looking at your review of the show,
2: I know that the tag team division on SmackDown is another you know, area that you you see uh, some wasted potential in maybe, but also just not a lot of options. And uh, we talked a little bit about it with the Headbangers, Heath Slater and Rhino. Um, but we had talked a couple of weeks back on the show that it seemed like American Alpha winning with the Usos turning heel um, or even the Usos winning but turning heel and then building yeah, to a return match uh, made sense. But, hey, they're going to be going at it here in the semifinals now. Uh, so what were your thoughts on that after
1: reviewing the show this week? Cause I, I we talked a little bit about, it. I know you got some strong feelings on this. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I'll be honest with you. I know Heath Slater's done a pretty good job and he's gotten himself probably more over than he's ever been in his career. Um, except for that whole Nexus thing that, that he flushed all that money down the toilet. But, um, <laughs> although really, I don't know where all those, any of those guys, bonafide stars, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard there, but <laughs> I don't like the inclusion of Slater in the tag team title picture. I just think that it's, it's okay in the short term, but I just don't like it in the long term. Yeah. Because I really firmly believe that if you wanted to get the titles over that the easy, obvious thing to do was have Usos turn heel in a final cheat to beat American alpha and then have American alpha chase. And then that's your big tag team title program. I just don't think that Slater, although you've set up a situation where he has to win the tournament to keep his job. Although that of course was kind of really not mentioned last week, unless if I missed it, um, they were too busy with that silliness with, you know, Renee young visiting his quote unquote house. Mm -hmm. Um, He's kind of got to win now, and I just don't know if that's the right option. Because obviously they're going to be—he Slater and Rhino are going to be in the final, you'd think. Um, and I just I don't know if them being tag team champions is the right call. I just don't. I mean, it was kind of amusing. I, Rhino was actually more amusing than he Slater was in that segment. Um, I just thought it fell flat. It was typical Southern. Vince McMahon humor and um, it's not the direction I would go with Heath Slater I I think Heath Slater does bring some value to that show a show that doesn't have a lot of people over quite frankly but it's just not where I would have gone with him I I just think that it's an odd thing in the tag team division and you can't put him against American Alpha really in the final that's the interesting issue because if you put American Alpha against Heath Slater and Rhino I think the crowd's going to cheer for Heath Slater and Rhino and you don't want to do that to American Alpha. That's counterproductive.
2: That was my. Yeah, I'm looking at the bracket right now, and I just have a bad feeling about this (laughs) where it's headed, because, yeah, you get American Alpha in the final. And then, yeah, you, you got face versus face, obviously. Actually, all the teams left technically are baby faces, right? Yes. Yeah. So you got no heels. So the, the Usos
1: switch makes sense. They have yeah, to go really, heel. Yeah, that's something you've really got to get the the Usos on it. And the Usos. I mean, I know that the, it's kind of guilt by association. We all, even they joke about it on Talking Spac with Reigns. But I mean, they're a good working team. I mean, I it's not like I think the Usos should be jobless and like fire. I mean, I, I think they're 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 a fine option to be a heel team. I think they're yeah. Good wrestlers. I just think the ca- the characters are just so ungodly dead now for over yeah, I mean, a year. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Ryan, but, I, you know, when they say, oos, I, I never say, oh, ever, you know, <laughs> like it never. I've never like I would just never do that ever. But, you know, I mean, but, you know, the fans that I'm, you know, the kind of fan that I'm not, I guess, and I'm not looking down at anybody at all. I mean, because I'm not going to make fun of children, but, um, you know, they like that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's another thing you got to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, I, I was at this house show a few months ago and uh, the New Day came out and I was talking to these kids sitting by me and I'm like, oh, you guys like the New Day? And they're like, oh, yeah, And they're going crazy and they're dancing around in the aisle and stuff. And then uh, the Usos came out right after them and then they cheered the Usos like way louder. <laughs> like they just uh-huh. went nuts for the Usos.
1: And I looked at them, and just shook my head at them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny though, actually. So I had buddies over who like don't well, like these are guys who, um, they're willing to watch wrestling, but they never do on their own. I just told them, hey, I'm getting this, you know, SummerSlam. If you guys just want to come over and hang out and watch, I mean, they're guys that watched like in the Attitude Era and stuff, and yeah, you know, when yeah. we were kids, they watched in the '80s. But you know, they're they're never gonna put Raw on a Monday right now. Um, they would if it was like really good and it grabbed their attention, but you know, that, that's just not what they do. They hated the New Day more than anything. I've like, it was a visceral hatred. I found it very, fa- I found a lot of their reactions actually fascinating during SummerSlam. This, my, you know, peer age group that doesn't watch wrestling, who, you know, you think WWE, I don't know if WWE's catering to that at all, but they hated the New Day in a way that I just cannot even translate to you. <laughs> they thought they're like, people like this? And I was like, yeah like they just thought like dancing around with like unicorn things. And I was like, you know, the way you put it, it doesn't seem very cool. Actually. Does it, I mean, it works, so I'm not going to dispute it, but God, did they hate it? I don't, don't, I I actually don't think it,
2: I actually don't think it works very well. And I think it did for a long time, but I think they've gotten really stale the last couple of months and need a switch. And I
1: think it's beneath big eight, big E now. I'd like to see big E
2: just do some singles work. Oh yeah. I agree. Yeah. They, uh, New days run its course. I'm sorry. I wrote in my I wrote in my uh, pay per view thoughts columns for months that that was that they were one of the best things on the show and just hilarious and
1: stuff. But it's like the acts really grown stale. We've seen it all now. At this point, yeah. it's time for something new. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hopefully on that brand, you know, you talk about heel champions, it's Anderson and Gallows. But yeah, with that SmackDown thing, you know, bring this full circle. I just uh, don't really like. I think there was another way to get Slater on the brand and not have it be kind of a at this championship you're trying to introduce expense at the expense of that.
2: Yeah. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see where they go, but it's, uh, I just, like I said, I got a bad feeling about (laughs) where this is headed. And I, I hope to God, American alpha doesn't, uh, get overlooked here for, uh,
1: like a short term booking decision with Heath Slater and Rhino. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that that's just so like, it's just a misread on the audience. Like, it's so fun. Like there's just, God, you talk about, we could do a pod, a whole podcast about this. Like, I just feel that the relationship between WW creative and the audience, there's just such a fundamental lack of misunderstanding. I think between like on both sides, really like, it's just very bizarre. Like you have the most, like you, cause you can't just book to the most vocal part of the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but At the same time, like, you know, the vote, the vocal part of the audience, I I just think um, they they go crazy about this stuff for short term and then they get mad when, you know, like, I mean, Heath Slater is not some something worth getting mad about. Right. I guess is my point there.
2: So, speaking of getting mad about, um, one of the the most read stories on TopRowPress.com this week, uh, I think, I'm looking at it right now, it is the number one red story oh. in the last 24 hours. Roman Reigns tops the 2016 Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 list, and... You know, sometimes when I see people getting worked up about this, I wonder how many people still read the PWI 500. I mean, it was a big deal in like the 90s and the early 90s. But I mean,
1: <laughs> I bought the hard copy book one time. I, t- I told you that in the email. Yeah. That, like and, like I thought it was like so cool that like I did like, you know, Masala, they had it number three one year. and I thought it was like so cool because I like, knew who that was. <laughs> You're going to school talking about Masawa. Yeah, people I was, like, I was like, who's yeah. This like they're, they're like, who's this Japanese? And the old people will be like, who's this Japanese guy? I'm like, oh, man, you guys don't know.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of Japanese guys, number two, I believe, was Kazuchika Okada this year. Pretty sure. Let me pull up the list here. Yeah, I'm bringing it up right now myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kazuchika Okada number two. Uh, you can make a list for Okada at number one easily. The guy has outstanding matches month after month in New Japan. Um I don't know. I mean, yeah, Roman Reigns. I think the thing you have to keep in mind about the PWI 500 is that it's very much a list that's kind of kayfabed. You know, like I had had one of my friends uh, text me about it and like, yeah, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated has always had like a smidge of kayfabe to it, you know, where they kind of play into the storylines. It's not like completely
1: like catered to the inside audience. No, I mean it was kind of cool. In there's just really no use for it anymore because of the internet. Uh, yeah. But like I remember when I was a kid and like I would go grocery shopping with my mom. Like I would always go. I would just always like ditch. Like I'm gonna go to the magazine aisle and read all the wrestling magazines. And like it was kind of cool then. Yeah. But I mean, like, and I'm talking like I'm gonna really date myself now. I'm like, I'm like talking like 1988. So, I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, it just, it's just like, a, it just doesn't carry, you know, I mean, old Stu's still drawing a paycheck. Uh, but, you know, I mean, th- this is just something that to me um, doesn't really matter. I will say that if there was one thing in this whole deal that angered me was Roman Reigns, quote, quote, I feel that God's favor is shining down on me. Stop. Yeah, I saw I mean, that too. Come on, that's really bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean,
2: if you look at the list though, I mean like outside of Reigns, I mean the rest of the top 10 except for maybe Ugh. one is like a lot of people that the internet loves. Because um, you got Okada number two, they had Balor at three, AJ four, Jay Lethal five, who's had a really good run as, or he did as Ring of Honor champion before he was dethroned. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, Rollins, and then it gets sketchy. Cause then you've got Ambrose and Cena. Um, cause I mean, if you're looking at this thing from a worldwide perspective, there's no way Ambrose is in the top 10 this year.
1: No, I'm sorry. No chance. No way. I, I don't know if he's you're about top 10. I mean, what is like, I mean, obviously he won the title it, with money in the bank and that's, you know, for him, his biggest career achievement but if you're looking at him critically, has he done anything good in the last six months? <laughs> I can't like think I, of anything. I mean, yeah, like honestly, I mean in the K yeah, I mean it's so weird because in the K sense, he's <laughs> he's never been higher, you know, uh on the card. But yeah, I there's I don't remember like any matches of his that I really enjoyed. He you know, he's kind of declined in the ring, yeah. I feel over. This, and, and, you know, Matt, you know, and I don't know what PWI uses or whatever to do this thing. I mean, in the past, they've had some decent number ones. I remember one year. It's kind of funny if you want to juxtapose this with something. I remember there was a year in the mid 90s when they didn't they put Dean Malenko number one. I think so. I'm not sure I, what year that was, like 90. I want to say it was like 95 yeah. or 96 because it. I really think it, it might have been 95. OK. Because '95 was such a weird year in North American wrestling, when the two top companies were so clearly the worst companies in the world. Mm-hmm. So it might have been '95. Although I feel like Dean Malenko wasn't really—he didn't really—he didn't come into WCW until '96. So I, I don't just
2: googled know. it. It was '97.
1: '97. Okay. Yeah. Well. Wow. Okay. Wow. You're a quick googler, by the way. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Roman Reigns said haters, too, by the way. I really, I really don't like a lot of the things he said in this. He really comes across as unlikable. (laughs) Because he's not a bad professional wrestler. Like, if you watch that four-way, like, he's good. Like, like that's my issue with Roman Reigns. He's actually a good professional wrestler. He's just portrayed very poorly. Because I got to imagine... If he's in the back and he's being told, you know, okay, this is what we want you. He can't be. I mean, if he's sh- at all sharp, he can't be thinking, oh, this is going to work, right? I mean, like, right? Yeah. I mean, got, you've got to think that he's just going to want to go off on these fans. Like, I mean, you know, if you, if you gave Roman Reigns a live mic, I would suspect it would be very different from what Vince McMahon wants him to do.
2: Yeah, I think, well, you always talk about, you know, how do, how do professional wrestlers get to the top? And it's always like, oh, they take their, their real personality and they turn it up by 100. You know, that's what Steve Austin always says. And you don't get that feeling with Roman Reigns. Like, you know, when I watch him deliver his lines, like, I'm not thinking this is who the guy really is and he's turning it up. It's just yeah. like he's playing, he's doing a bit that he's not doing very well. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, but, it's not something yeah, whole- he really believes in.
1: Just... Yeah, that whole fall best man speech thing he did with Rusev was, was bad. Yeah. Like, and it just kind of came across as like, you're kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, pardon my French there. But like, you know, he just comes across as a very smug guy. I think if he turned heel, it'd be, it'd be great. But um, so I guess you want to ask me who I think number one should be on this list. That's not Roman Reigns.
2: Well, I'll let you think about it while you're thinking. Let me point out, as I look down the list. Um, Well, I guess Nakamura was in New Japan for like a month before he came over this year. But if you look down the list, as far as like full time New Japan participants, the only one outside of Okada at number two is uh, Michael Elgin works there a lot. He's at 18. I guess Ricochet occasionally works New Japan. He's at 15. Will Ospreay, 16. But for a company that's known for having just like unbelievable shows in the ring, Month after month, it's kind of surprising that they don't have much of a presence on this list at all. Outside of Okada, too. At least, like, at the top of the list. If you go down, like, Kenny Omega's 23, right behind the Miz, and, like, there's no way Kenny Omega should be behind the Miz. I'm sorry. I mean, the Miz is undecent in the last couple months, but if we're looking at the year as a whole, no way. Kenny Omega's been, like, one of the shining stars in New Japan this year. So, I, I think there's not enough international flair on this list if i'm critiquing it you know i don't i don't actually get worked up about this like people did on the roman reigns thing but if i if i'm looking at it as like a serious journalist there's no way that a a organization like new japan can't have more of a presence at the top of the list
1: i also don't know how stevie richards is above matt riddle (laughs) that's that (laughs) this like that's fun. i mean it, like it, it's like the college poll it's like this is like you know this college poll like when steve spurrier would have like his sid just fill it out and like put duke number 25 every week just to like do it
2: well okay ray mysterio's at 76 how many matches has ray mysterio even wrestled this year yeah i mean he wasn't even ranked last year it says no ranking last year it's 76
1: I mean, he's worked. I mean, he he did a little bit in in Lucha Underground, but, like, I mean...
2: He had that good match with uh, Ricochet, Prince Puma, there. But, But, yeah, 76
1: seems very high
2: for him. AJ Uso is at number 90, so he's got that going for him. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, if I'm doing... If I'm making my number one... uh,
1: I'd probably have styles up there. Personally. Yes. Oh, you cheated. And- Is that what you were going <laughs> to <Yes>, say? <laughs> yes, yes. It's, like that. it's and, gotta and, be styles. Yeah. And I would actually have, I know that maybe compared in ring, it hasn't been his banner a year as it has been his past years, but I would actually have Nakamura number two. If I'm just ranking people. Yeah. For all around performance that I, that, that I watch and just being objective about it. Those to me are the top two guys. Mm-hmm. I think the top two performers, um, certainly under the WWE umbrella. Yeah,
2: I agree. Yeah, AJ, if you look at last year's ranking, he was number three, and Nakamura was number five last year, which, that's a stretch. (laughs) In 2015, Nakamura probably should have been number one. But, but yeah, it's not a lot of international attention in this list, at least at the
1: top of the list. So, And before, I I don't know. Maybe, you know what I... I mean, you hate to accuse somebody doing this, you know, and trying to get in their head what they're purpose was you almost feel if, like pwi was just trying to get attention with this true sell some and then, you know to like people because, talking yeah, about them. because like yeah just to get people to talk about this because honestly when i first saw this article my number one reaction was oh they're still doing the pwi 500 right yeah. you know like i mean it's like it's not something that like I think about really well. It worked because here we are talking about it. Yeah, on our no, podcast, it got on so. this radio show, and I mean, really, I mean, if you if you do that, if you get on Top Rope Nation, really, I don't know. <laughs> that's your sign you've made it in this world. Yeah, you, you, there's no higher achievement, really. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awful. off to
2: All right. Well, any closing that's thoughts, thoughts about like uh, any closing thoughts about what we're looking for on Raw SmackDown this week? We're almost out of time. Ah. Uh,
1: SmackDown as someone again who has to cover it. I just hope it's a little more interesting. Um, it's the go-home show for Backlash, if memory serves me correct. Yes, it is. Uh, oh, by the way, I just I also thought of something the other today. That show's going up against opening day of NFL football.
2: Yeah, that's not good. First Sunday night football game I'm, of the year. I'm,
1: you're right. It's at night, so there's just the one game. But it's New England playing, and a lot of people are going to tune into that. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, wrestling has, I will give this to wrestling. I think right now the diehard audience for wrestling is as large as it's ever been. Now, I think the casual audience is probably as small as it's ever been. So to be honest with you, I think the NFL effect may not be quite as severe as we think. Like, I think, I think there's just like a certain amount. I mean, the 4th of July rating, if you go back to that, showed, you know, what WWE is going to do in a worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And it didn't lose that many people. I just don't think there's like a lot of people. I mean, you know, I say that and I might be one of them and I may start to show late. Um, but, you know, I'm paid to cover football as well. Uh, so. You know, I, I, I just don't know like how many people there are, you know, possibly like me, and I don't actually know what I'm gonna do. It depends. Um, who may consider watching football over backlash. I don't know how large of a number that's actually gonna be.
2: I think I've written about this in my ratings articles like last fall when uh we had Monday Night Football last around. And uh yeah, you're seeing way less of an impact from the NFL and the WWE ratings, and I think it's because the the wrestling audience has shrank to a point where you mostly have the hardcore fans now. Yeah. There's there's not as many like uh, casuals tuning in as there was even five years ago. But like definitely attitude era, early 2000s. So the people that might you know tune out for the NFL, it's not the same anymore. So I don't. I I, I went and looked back. Uh, the night Raw went against the college football championship game that drew like 27 million people. There's hardly any impact at all on the Raw viewership. So. I mean, that just kind of shows you that's one of the biggest football games of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, yeah, I just don't think that, you know, I think Raw has its audience. I mean, even when people like, you know, the ratings were up this week and, pe- you know, it wasn't like this huge, massive increase, really. No, it's, you're so, looking like one, two hundred thousand every time it goes but, up. Yeah, yeah. And then Raw does go against the football game this week. So we should say the college game. Florida State and Ole Miss is on, which is a top 15 game. Um on Monday night. So uh, with raw, I'm just looking forward to obviously how the triple H Kevin Owens dynamic is presented. I hope Owens is presented a little stronger than his predecessors, Randy Orton and Seth Rollins were one thing that'll help him is it looks like triple H and Stephanie, there were some tension teased. It will help him if triple H and Stephanie are not out there together because the issue was before the champion would talk after both Triple H and Stephanie talked. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, and he would just like kind of like repeat what both of them said. And it's like, okay, whatever. And you're just reciting what they said. You know, if it's just one of them out there, I think that might give him, him meaning Owens, a little more room to breathe.
2: I hope so, because um, I'm also scared that this is going to turn into a deal where it's the McMahon family storyline and Triple H and Stephanie are feuding and they each got their person that they're pushing for the title. And we've seen that in the past. It doesn't work out so well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the McMahons are always, I mean, you know, unfortunately, it's they're, they're the ones running the show. They're not going away anytime soon. And USA, honestly, is the ones who, you know, I've heard have like this bizarre fascination and think they're like the stars of the show. I've, I've, I've heard that multiple times that like USA network. Oh, we love, you know, they love the idea of like the authority storyline. And and I do think they're going to wind up being on the same page anyway. I, yeah. you know, something that I'll write about is I believe I've decoded that bizarre Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon promo from raw. <laughs> last. I think, I think I figured out where it way It wasn't great storytelling, but I think we were left in a, you were supposed to be thinking, That Stephanie just kind of realized that Brock Lesnar is her conduit for getting rid of Shane McMahon, finally, which was a storyline that had never been wrapped up from before. I think that's what that was supposed to be. It wasn't told well, but I think that's what it was supposed to be. Like, you know how she kind of just like stormed off and she's like, you're right. Yeah. Like, I think that's where they were going with that. Well,
2: we will find out a lot about the direction this week. We'll see if Rollins is presented in a way where he could be going face or if he continues the, the heel run. I mean, you know, Maybe he becomes Stephanie's like protege to get the title back. That, and that,
1: we... that would not help him at all. No.
2: That's what I'm scared is going to happen, though, is oh, that she, she's going to be pushing Rollins, and you're going to have Triple H, and Kevin Owens is his guy, and, and then would... it's, it's all about the McMahon rivalry.
1: So hopefully yeah, would... not. Yeah, that would almost be a situation where there was no baby face and no heel.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. But we are out of time for this week. So um, if you're listening, our plan is, and barring any more refrigerator failures or anything like that, our plan is to now be recording the show weekly on Wednesday nights. So we will have the show for you late Wednesday or for your commute early on Thursday morning. And I also want to say, if you're listening, if you can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a rating on there. We would really appreciate it. It helps get the word out there on Top Rope Nation. Uh, You can find the show at topropepress.com, on Podbean. You can find us at stitcher.com and, of course, iTunes. So I want to thank my co-host, as always, Kyle. Uh, I hope you have fun and your uh, picks for football go
1: a little bit better over the course of the night tonight. I, and i'll tell you what i hope my foot's a little bit better here too i've been holding it's really <laughs> awkward position man here so then we didn't have a band-aid in sight i'm gonna run up there and i don't know i may have to hop up there to get, get this thing bandaged. it's like there's dry blood dripping down my foot if anyone wants to have that image rick flair 1989 yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't like know Rod- if that was I, a blade i feel job, like though. roddy piper needs to walk in and say you're bleeding you know so <laughs> All right, you guys, uh, we're going to take
2: off for the night, so we will see you again Wednesday night. So thanks for listening, and enjoy Raw and SmackDown.